Hello and happy Friday. I am so excited. I am without glasses, sunglasses this week. My concussion has healed, thank goodness. And so now um, I actually get to look less like a movie star, which isn't as fun, but I feel a lot better. So um, I am Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews. I'm answering your questions today on our Friday 15, where every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time, we answer the questions that you have submitted. So if you have a question, you can go to hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday15 and submit your question there. Let's see what we've got in the bucket this week. So our first question is from, let's see, they signed an older agent, which I look at as wizened agent. So they ask, hi, Steph, I found your webinar extremely informative and thank you for answering those questions. I too have a question as I'm looking to return to travel industry after a long absence with over a decade in airline and international corporate travel agent experience. I wish to start a home-based office focusing on creating niche packages to Europe and possibly some air and hotel. I also need to update my skills and get to know the vendors and how to put these packages together. Uh, my first inkling is to choose a large host who has a good track record well-established vendor relationships for my purpose and a high commission split to help create my packages. But I am concerned if the host is not local, um, I will miss out on building relationships with BDMs or getting to attend vendor seminars as I know fam trips are a ways away. Do you have any recommendations for me or Nova host that had their own BDM and good contracts for package building? Um, thank you, older agent. So my advice for you on this would be um, probably when you were in the industry before, uh, the territories were a lot more rigid and the way things worked. So for those that are listening that are unfamiliar with BDMs, BDMs are business development managers. You can think of those as the sales reps for the vendors. So traditionally in travel, how it's worked is uh, you know, you have the whole U.S. and they want to increase sales within the U.S. So they break it up into different territories and each sales rep gets that territory and they call on the agents that are in there. They help out. They have a certain budget for those agents um, for co-op dollars. They have um, a certain budget for, you know, if they wanted to do lunch and learns and host people. So the way it worked before was very rigid. If your host agents or if your agency or host agency was located in Minnesota, like we're located, that would mean your BDM was whoever's territory Minnesota was in. Now, what has happened since you've been gone, older agent, is there was a lot of problems with host agencies having agents all across the country, um, but being located in one area. And that BDM that was located there couldn't reach those agents like in person. It was very difficult. And they weren't invited to the local events if they were out of that territory. So say I'm in Minnesota and I'm the host agency and I have agents in Florida. The Florida agents obviously weren't getting invited to the Minnesota events because they probably couldn't make it for lunch. Uh, but even on the same side, they have a Florida rep down there. But because of kind of territory issues and budget issues, the Florida reps didn't really want to put on, use their budget for those agents because they wouldn't be credit for those sales. So it caused kind of this friction within um, within kind of the sales reps. Um, 
So what they ended up doing and what's kind of changed within the past few years is a lot of the really large host agencies now have national account reps. And so that means their job is essentially taking care of these big host agencies with agents all across the United States. So they'll have multiple host agencies under there, but their territory is the United States. So they can call on and put on all sorts of trainings and build relationships with agents all across the United States. So to answer your question, um, talking about any specific hosts, I don't think that's really a concern for you anymore uh, because all these large national hosts that you're looking for, um, you wanna look at their, you know, you talked about um, you want them to have a good track record. You want them to have well-established vendor relationships and high commission splits. So those types of agencies are going to have those national account reps and be able to give you um, be able to give you in-person training opportunities, and we'll update you on those things. Um, the other thing I would do is take a look at. Um, let, let me see. I'm gonna. Oh, you know what I didn't do is I didn't pull up her website. Usually I do this beforehand. All right. So I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to, um, let's see, share my screen. So when you're on the host agency list, oops. Oh, you know what? I did this wrong. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So when you're on the host agency list, you know, take a look at where they're located and if they have different branches. There's an area um, where we list on the, let me see of an example. Who's an example that has multiple? So Montecito Village Travel is an example or Travel Quest are two host agencies that their profiles on there, they have multiple branches. So if you click on say Travel Quest Network, they have um, under their address on their profile, it has Minnesota as their home address but they're also located in Maryland and Georgia. And the same thing that happens with Montecito Village, they have multiple areas. So make sure to check out any of those, um, any of those host agencies that you're interested to see if they have any local branches because the, it's not just the vendors that are putting on trainings, it's also gonna be the host agencies. So I hope that answers your question. Um, the bottom line is, I don't think you really need to worry about um, that BDM relationship because of these national accounts that are now available. Um, at any rate, whether whichever host agency you go with, pick which vendors you want, um, you know, be select and pick three or four um, that you really want to reach out to and build relationships with. Tell them you want to come up with a marketing plan. Um, BDMs are very impressed when someone puts the effort in and it's not just a form email that they're getting, but they actually have been like, I want to start selling more of you. This is my plan. What, you know, I want to work with you. Could we meet every month or something to talk about how my sales are going? So best of luck. Welcome back to the industry. Uh, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Friday 15. I am Steph Lee. Um, this is every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. We answer your industry questions. And we are moving into our next question, which today comes from Peter. So Peter says, I've been in the hospitality industry for almost 15 years in Central Europe. Since COVID hit us hard, I am looking for new possibilities in my life. A few weeks ago, I had an idea of expanding my business here in Europe by opening a travel agency in the US, in Florida. As a non-American, I can open and operate an online business slash travel agency without any problems in the US 
However, I realized that joining a host agency is a more difficult deal. Frowny face. And I am totally on board with you, Peter. Big frowny face on that. I contacted a few host agencies, but I was told only U.S. residents are allowed to join. Do you have any experience if there is any reputable host agency that accepts non-residents too? I might be a non-residence, but my business would be a fully accredited U.S. travel agency. I appreciate if you could give me some hints on this topic. Thank you so much. And I'm sending my best regards from Budapest, Peter. Well, thank you for tuning in all the way from Budapest, Peter. Um, the issue you're running across is normal, um, unfortunately. So U.S. hosts tend to only, well, U.S. hosts as a general rule, and a, I would say this is 99% of U.S. hosts, only take um, agencies that are located in the U.S. The reason behind that is there, there's a couple of reasons, um, and I might be missing some. But when I was working at a host agency, the reason we only took people within the U.S. is because that's where the um, that's where the real benefit is. And when it when it comes to working someone with someone that's a non-U.S. citizen, I think there might be some legal issues, maybe that hosts don't want to deal with. Um, but the the good news is there are some options for you as an alternative. So if you are not able to find a host, which is going to be very likely, um, what I would suggest you look at doing is getting your own travel agency accreditation number. So um, I'm going to have Mary or April put in the comments a link to the, our travel agency accreditation article. And that goes walks you through the different options that are out there and who they're a really good fit for. Um, because you are located in Budapest, your options are going to be more limited. Um, things like uh, the ARC number, that's only for U.S. agencies, and I'm not sure how they work with um, non-U.S. residents. That might be something you have to investigate. But um, the true accreditation number is one that takes agents all across the world, and I, I looked it up, and they do also take them in Hungary. So you can apply for true accreditation. The thing to know about true um, is that you aren't able to book Marriott. They don't recognize that as a travel agency accreditation number. So that might be a deal breaker for you. Um, <laughs> this one probably isn't going to be a deal breaker for you, but you should also know. But with true accreditation, uh, if you wanted to go to Disney and use a travel agent discount, that is not available to you either. So um, the accreditation option is one, uh, one option. The other one is that you could bring on a partner that's based in the U.S. I'm not sure if you have contacts within Florida that might be able to help you out and come on board that are U.S. residents, but that could be another way around it where you could join on with host agencies and access those higher commissions. So if you are doing some kind of a partnership, um, even if you know the person, I would really recommend that you reach out to a travel industry attorney that understands about partnerships and um, specifically about travel, things you should be thinking about so that they can help you write up um, in a, a partnership agreement that works for both parties. And we'll also link to an article that will list some travel industry attorneys that specialize in it and have been in the industry for a long time. Um, so Peter, that is all I have got for you. I'm sorry I don't have a great answer for you. I was I was hoping to have one, but... Um, it's a sticky situation with non-residents and um, 
yeah, host agencies, unfortunately, don't usually work with um, non-resident agents, even if they are based in the United States. So um, let's let's leave on a higher note because poor Peter had bad news. So let's move into Thomas wrote in and he said for new advisors, this is this is a great question. It's short and sweet for new advisors. How would you advise them on getting clients? And then he also writes. Um, also, thanks for last week's episode about host agencies. I was in that particular MLM you mentioned for two years before I realized that it was a sham. After finding your site, I quickly learned there were better hosts and quickly switched. However, then COVID hit. And even during COVID, I was able to do training and feel better at helping travelers because I felt my host had done a better job at training me as an advisor and not a salesman. And I agree on the stance of joining Planet Marketing to be a member of their host agency. Uh, a lot of money wasted, but it was definitely an eye opener. Thanks for all you do to help us advisors. So um, Thomas, I'm so glad that you found your way to a more reputable host agency and that you're getting your learning on and haven't let um, COVID and working with an MLM dissuade you from your dreams. That's great to hear. So if you if you missed last week's, we did do one on Travel MLM, so make sure to check that out if you're not familiar with them. Um, but Thomas, your question about how to get clients when you're a new advisor is a huge question. It's simple, but it's huge because in my experience and my view on things is that there are so many ways to get new clients and really there's no one best way. It really comes down to what your network is like, um, what you're good at. Like if you're great at making videos, then you know doing YouTube and videography might be a great way to get new clients. Um, if you're a great writer, sending press releases might be a great way to get new clients. But if you're a terrible writer and a terrible videographer, that might not be the way for you to go. There's a lot of different avenues to go down. So the first one I would, the first thing I would recommend you doing um, is I'll put a link. Um, we'll put a link for our niche article in the comments in the description and walk through the exercise on there. It's about finding a niche, but it's also really great for looking at where your network is, who you're connected to. Um, because there's a lot of people that you might be able to tap into, or you might forget like, oh, I have like a tennis circle of friends that I may be able to market to, or, oh, I have this like gardening circle I belong to. Um, so it's just kind of a refresher on who your network is and who you can tap into. That'll make it a little easier. So that's the first thing I would recommend. Um, but to give you some ideas on the different routes you could take. So of course there's social media. You can be active on your social page, post up great content um, and get people to interact. Um, and that's a way to get people. Um, I'm not gonna go in depth on social. There's a lot of trainings out there. You could do inbound marketing, which is a lot of how host agency reviews. That's where you're like creating content that's helpful to people like our seven day setup or um, our cruise ship inspection sheet or our um, resort inspection sheet. We'll link to all of those in the descriptions, but those are all inbound marketing. So we create this fabulous resource for people and then they give us their email so we can market to them. Um, so for you, you might like, depending on what you're specializing in, if you're doing um, Jamaica dive trips or Aruba dive trips, maybe you're writing like in-depth, um, like a packing list for when you're doing a dive trip or um, things that would be helpful to your clients. 
There's also networking groups. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of them. Mary did a great article on um, how to find your network and find clients. And we'll put that in the in the description in the comments as well. But that's a great way um, to kind of get to know more people. And, um, you know, it may or may not be a great fit for you, but you can try it out. You can try more traditional things like putting out flyers. Um, you can put flyers on cars or you can partner with local businesses um, or churches. There's one, let's see, one um, really great way to, let me see. Sorry, I'm trying to multitask here. I want to um, pull up the website. So I'm going to, okay, we've pulled it up. Our Travel Agent Chatter podcast is actually a wonderful place to learn what other agents are doing to get clients and build clients. So just looking through this list right here, I'll tell you like Dewan, um, if you listen to the episode with Dewan, he's great at networking um, and taking people out and using his previous connections um, to tap into that market. He, he found... Um, sabbatical travel. They used to do sabbatical travel at his work. So he became kind of the unofficial travel advisor for people that were going on sabbaticals. Um, Rita Perez does a lot of inbound marketing. She uses lead magnets and opt-ins um, to get new clients. She also has done a bunch of podcasts. Um, let's see what else we've gotten here. Andre Zuleta, he specializes in Japan and does a fabulous job with SEO um, and opt-ins to get his clients. He gives tons of free information away. Along that same lines is episode eight, Madeline Jawar. She specializes in Italy, does the exact same thing and does a fabulous job. Um, Valerie Gossett, episode 10, she does. Um, so the, the thing we focus on for that is she sold a 196 person group out in 28 days on her cruise. And she talks about how she does that with group contracts and how her technique is that she really looks at sailings, sailings that are unusual, that will sell out quickly or that have amazing pricing that she knows is going to go up. So that's another way to look at things. Um, will Medina does a great job with social. He's amazingly active on there. He specializes in destination weddings in episode nine. Um, let's see. Jennifer Donchez in episode four is amazing just at branding um, and very inspirational when you listen to that. Deb Fogarty um, at Be Well Travel with episode three. She hands out her business card everywhere and chats with everyone. That's how I met her. She's just a little chatty, chatty, chatty. Um, but she's gotten a bunch of great clients from doing that. And if you're outgoing, uh, that could be the route for you to take. So there's, there's a lot of different ways um, for you to find new clients. It's about what's comfortable to you, what your budget looks like. Um, I'm also going to post up two articles that we wrote. Um, the first is just three ways to find clients. It's a really basic article, and it's essentially like have a really good business card, send out some press releases, um, maybe like have a T-shirt branded to you. Um, but they're they're great ideas and easy to implement. So um, we'll link to that. The other one I'd like you to watch is the $100 marketing plan. And that is, you know, it's a lot of ways that are on the cheap that you can market your agency that are going to be long lasting that don't really cost you a ton of money. So we'll link to that as well. And hopefully, Thomas, that gives you a ton of ideas 
on where to market. Don't be overwhelmed. Like listen to your gut on what sounds like, oh, I can do that. And that's interesting to me and something I would like. If you don't like social, you don't necessarily need to like be an amazing social media person. Concentrate on what your strengths are. Oh, <laughs> time to feed the dogs. <laughs> um, concentrate on what your strengths are and go from there. So, um, and, and the last thing I'll mention is if you're still having trouble and not able to make things click, it, it might be that you need more like one-on-one -on -one mentoring and that might be helpful to you. Go ahead and Google like travel agent sales coach. There's a bunch of people in the industry. They've all got different theories out there, um, but they they do mentoring and training on specifically on sales. And that could be something that could help jumpstart kind of your career. And the, the cost for that varies from um, an hourly rate to you know thousands of dollars if you're taking courses. So check that out. Um, I hope that helps, Thomas. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you found this helpful, um, please go ahead and give the video a like or go ahead and subscribe to our channel or our podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. Ciao. Hello, this is Stephanie.